you're at the intersection of faith and fun. Welcome to the Hangout for Hope podcast. Now, here's your host, Pastor Aaron Lane. Welcome, everybody, to Hangout for Hope, your spiritual pick-me-up that's just the right amount of time for this moment in time. It is amazing to be with you today. I am your host, Reverend Aaron Lane, pastor of Advent Lutheran Church, found on the internet at adventelc.org, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at adventelc, and on your maps, we are at the corner of God, Government, and Golf, 3660 Kenny Road in Columbus, Ohio. You know, Columbus, Ohio is a special place. We've got the Ohio State Buckeyes to root for, the NHL Columbus Blue Jackets, the MLS Columbus Crew. We've even got a minor league baseball team, the Columbus Clippers. And this past week, we were the host of the triannual ELCA 2022 Churchwide Assembly. It is something to be excited about because the Churchwide Assembly held in Columbus was over August 8th through the 12th at the Greater Columbus Convention Center, and we gathered under the theme Embody the Word embody the word. There's an importance in the double meaning of those two words. Um, so embody means both the incarnation of Jesus Christ and the life of the church emerging from a pandemic. And word is both meaning Jesus Christ, who is the living word of God, and of course, scripture. Luke 24, 45 states, then he, Jesus, opened their minds to understand the scriptures. When we embody the word, both Jesus and scripture, by speaking it and proclaiming it, we are truly living out our Christian calling. You know, back in 1522, 500 years ago, Martin Luther's translation of the New Testament made God's word accessible to the people and revolutionized the Christian movement worldwide. So here we are again, 500 years later, and the call to make Jesus accessible to people still exists today as we look to the future of God's work in the world. So the ELCA Churchwide Assembly, um, what is that? Okay, so it's the primary decision-making body of the church. Now, doesn't this podcast sound so exciting that we're talking about a huge meeting? But stick with me here. It, the churchwide assembly is a process of, of communal spiritual discernment. When the ELCA churchwide assembly convened, uh, its voting members met with confidence that God's grace is in and with us, working through us. The water and the word, the wine and the bread, we carried on the work on behalf of the entire church. So over the course of the assembly, um, I will tell you, I was very excited to be a voting member uh, this year. It was the second time I was elected to be a voting member. Um, and I, I can only tell you, it is an incredible honor to serve 
It is such a delight. And I have to tell you, the other thing that was great was my son, Caden, who's 17 years old, was uh, elected to be the youth representative for our synod, which is spelled S-Y-N-O-D, which is Greek for walk together. And of course, the New Testament was originally written in Greek, so we refer to Greek a lot. Uh, So Caden was with me in the meetings this time around. It was just an amazing opportunity to be father and son together and to see his eyes open at the larger work of the larger church. So over the course of the assembly, we, the voting members, there was about eh, 900, just a little over 900 voting members nationwide. We heard reports and reviewed the work of churchwide officers, leaders, and units. Um, We received and considered proposals from Senate assemblies. We elected officers. Uh, The big one this time was a new vice president. Um, Imran Siddiqui is his name, and he's going to be, I have the utmost confidence that the Spirit truly has called him to do the work of the highest lay office that is in this church, which is the vice president of the entire denomination. Um, We also established ELCA churchwide policy. We worshiped together. We adopted a budget, and we conducted a lot of other business. And you can check out what exactly the churchwide assembly is and some of the things we did, a lot of the videos at elca.org slash churchwide assembly. But one of the things I really loved about being um, at things like this is the worship. There's music, there's uh, liturgies, there's prayers, there are preachers that really just bring it. And I tell you what, this past time, Uh, was no disappointment whatsoever because on the last day of the churchwide assembly on August 12th, um, Imran Siddiqui was installed as the ELCA's vice president. And at that worship service, Patricia Davenport, who is the bishop of the Southeastern Pennsylvania Synod, offered a sermon and it was really good. And so I actually have a recording of her sermon, and I thought I'd share it with you today. Um, I know, you know, it takes a lot to get Lutherans clapping, and it, gets, it takes a lot to get Lutherans to do a standing ovation at the end of a sermon, and that's exactly what happened after her sermon today. So wherever you are, if you're in the car and you're listening, you know, you don't have to stand up, but, you know, go ahead and say amen. Go ahead and, you know, maybe uh, clap your hand on the, on the steering wheel. If you're at home, feel free, stretch out. You know, go ahead and uh, enjoy this sermon again by Bishop Davenport of the Southeastern Pennsylvania Synod at speaking at the churchwide assembly on our last day with worship. Enjoy. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. The Lord has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
And Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then they began to say to them, then he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Then Jesus began to say to all in the synagogue in Nazareth, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, is not this Joseph's son? Jesus said to them, doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, do here also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah when the heaven was shut up three years and six months. And there was a severe famine over all the land, yet Elijah was sent to none of them except to a widow at Seraphath in Zion. There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all of the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove Jesus out of the town, led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so they might hurl him off the cliff. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and went on his way. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. Pray with me. Good and gracious God, we simply ask that you open our eyes that we might see you more clearly. Open our ears that we might hear only your voice. Touch our minds that we might understand your will and your way through these words of scripture. Speak, Lord. Speak to our hearts that we are changed, drawn into a deeper relationship with you that leads to a deeper relationship with others. And now, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our collective hearts be acceptable in thy sight because you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. So, beloved, here we are at a point in the story presented by Luke where Jesus is not only anointed but also named and claimed. In the gospel lesson, Jesus is no longer tempted by Satan but is filled with the Holy Spirit and travels from Galilee to Nazareth, the place where he grew up. And he goes to the synagogue and the scroll that has the words from the prophet Isaiah is given to him and he reads. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, upon me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I get excited about when I read this text because it has a special place in my heart. This was my ordination text over 20 years ago in my home congregation in North Philadelphia. The congregation where I received my first communion was confirmed, went to Luther League, served on the council and committees, was married, and my children baptized there. 
I even worked there as church secretary. As I reflect on this selection of the gospel and, and, and the importance for me and the lessons I learned at my ordination, I, I saw the connection between Jesus going to his hometown and speaking and informing those gathered that he was no longer the carpenter or just the son of Mary and Joseph. He had a new assignment now. And just as Jesus had to share with those he had, who had watched him grow and learn and, and serve, that he had a new mission at my ordination, I too was given new responsibility as a, a pastor and a developer. The truth of the matter is, like Jesus, God had prepared me in various ways for this new assignment. As a team candidate, meaning someone raised up by the community, I came to this new assignment as pastor with a deep respect for the concept of the priesthood of all believers. As I followed through with my baptismal promises, to live among God's faithful people, to hear the word of God, and to share in the Lord's Supper, to proclaim the good news in word and deed, to serve all people following the example of Jesus, and to strive for justice and peace in all the earth. Yes, while a lay person, can I get any lay people to say amen? came to understand that my ministry was valuable to, in, in fact, just as valuable in kingdom building as pastors, deacons, deaconess, and bishops. In fact, on some days, I even thought to myself, lay people might even be more valuable. <laughs> Simply because it's more of us than it is of them. <laughs> There's a familiar story about four people named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. There was an important job to be done and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done my experience in the church has taught me embodying the word of god is for everybody anybody and somebody somebody who believes in jesus christ i would suggest also that nobody is exempt from sharing the justice, love, grace, and mercy found in Jesus Christ, the living word. Amen. Jesus was clear that his baptism was not just a naming ceremony. This is my beloved son. His baptism was a sending, an assignment, a commissioning, just as each of us of the Lutheran tribe of the Jesus movement <laughs> have been commissioned in the waters of baptism 
that we might be healers for the wounded, light to those in darkness, hope for those in despair, a voice for the voiceless, an equalizer for those in the margins. We are the somebodies reaching out that any and everybody would have access to the abundant life that Christ has promised. Nobody is denied because of the color of their skin, gender, age, mental or physical ability. Like Jesus, we should be honored to boldly read the scriptures and even more enthusiastic about embodying these words in our daily lives. Scripture is important. Galatians 3.28 tells us there is no longer Jew or Greek, there is no longer slave or free, there is no longer male or female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus then and now. If we commit to living out these words, embodying these words, then we can say, as the psalmist says, with and to our LBGTQIA plus community, brothers and sisters, siblings in Christ, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. Yeah. St. James tells us what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say have faith but do not have works. Can faith save you if a sibling is naked? lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, eat your fill, and yet do not supply their bodily needs. What is the good of that? Yes. So, faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Yeah. And a hush fell over the room. <laughs> because we find Lutherans, we don't want to talk about works. It's all grace for us. Jesus reads in the synagogue, we are to bring good news to the poor, release the captives, recover sight to the blind. In other words, heal and let the oppressed go free. Do the work. So whether we are preaching, preparing the altar linens, serving food at the pantry, volunteering at the shelter, singing at the nursing home, advocating for poverty with the poor people's campaign, buying a meal for someone experiencing homelessness. This is what it means to embody the word. Beloved, in my sanctified mind, I would say this is faith in action, and we know that no act of kindness is too small. God acts, my baptism, a small thing, a naming, claiming, and calling. Wow, every time I think of God entrusting me, me, loving me enough to, to be ordained, at times I have to pause and, and realize that, yes, I've received a call, but pastor, bishop, means nothing. It's not about me. It's about those that God has placed in my path to serve, not only the saint, but the sinner. Not only the church member, but the, the person that is wandering, wondering if there is a God. It's about God's work through my hands. It's about God's work through my voice. It's personal, it's communal, it's, it's global. It's not just about me and you as individuals with faith. 
It's about us embodying our faith through the word, our joint witness that happens when we focus on our faith in community. Faith in the one who has called us, anointed us, appointed us through our baptism to do ministry not only changes, ministry that not only changes you, but it changes us when we embody this word and gives us a stronger love for our neighbor and also to do ministry that, that strives for justice and peace in all the earth. This is the type of transformative ministry in the name of Jesus that we're all called to do. Beloved, we are to be fearless in the pursuit of what sets our soul on fire. I don't know what sets your soul on fire, but I get set on fire when I think about the power the Holy Spirit gives us to, to guidance and, and, and embody what Christ calls us to be and, and to do. When I think about God's grace, God's mercy, God's love, and the difference that it makes in my life, and I know it can make in the lives of all of God's people, female, male, black, brown, transgender, rich, poor, differently able, all of our LGBTQIA plus community, politically in red, blue, or purple camps. I am in awe of how the Holy Spirit works. It gives me strength for today, beloved, but it also gives me hope for tomorrow. <laughs> lead me, guide me, and I've decided to follow Jesus are not just songs that I sing. When we seek direction from God, we are often asking how can we improve our actions to show that we want to embody the message of Jesus. I'm going to be so bold as to ask the bishops in the house to stand up. You see, because as leaders, the ELCA Conference of Bishops, that's right, I'm calling you out. <laughs> more intentional about fostering positive interpersonal relationships. Say amen, bishops. Amen. The group, you may sit down. <laughs> the group has decided to use the ELCA baptismal promises as a guide as we participate in the process. Now, this is an unashamed plug. If you want more information about how to use our baptismal promises to strengthen our ability to embody the word and grow in your faith, go to ELCA website and look and look for faith practices. Gratitude and a shout out to Pastor Brenda Smith, who whenever I call the churchwide office for resources on faith formation and discipleship, she would always say, start with your baptismal material as a foundation. God bless you, Pastor <laughs> Beloved, we simply need to focus on growing our faith because in these times, there are so many distractions going on. Some of the things that have challenged us recently include the pandemics, the global recognition of system, systemic racism, gun violence, political upheaval, 
war in Ukraine, immigration and refugees, inflation, police shootings, school curriculum, the end of Roe versus Wade, our own ELCA schism in Sierra Pacific Senate. Plus, we each have our own stuff. Anybody here have some stuff going on? <laughs> Family concerns, money problems, etc. We all got to cope with it. We, you and I, beloved, are called to keep the cross of Christ before us, doing what we have been anointed to do in our baptism. Marked with the cross of Christ and sealed with the Holy Spirit, gathered, claimed, and sent. This is not just our mantra. This is what we're called to be as beloved community, the beloved community of God. Jesus said to those gathered in the temple, the Holy Spirit was upon him. He had a ministry to do and a mission to fulfill. Jesus knew that it was through his birth, life, death, and resurrection that we would be anointed with the Holy Spirit to embody the word and deeds, to embody it all through the great commandment and the great commission. I love it that we are marked with the cross of Christ at our baptism. We're given a candle representing that we are to be light to the world. We sing songs, I've witnessed us. We sing songs about loving our neighbor. We sing songs about fighting for justice and welcoming all, yet we do not strive to embody what it means to love our neighbor or fight for justice or welcome all, especially those who are different from us. We let our biases decide whether to love a neighbor or whether to do justice for the oppressed. I'm gonna be honest with you because I've experienced it. We decide by our verbal or nonverbal or both whether we'll welcome someone in the congregation. And that's not just on Sunday morning. My prayer is that each of us will take time to reflect on how we embody the message. Everyone is not going to be happy about you showing up being light and darkness. Everyone was not happy with Jesus' proclamation. They wanted to throw him off a cliff. Jesus kept it moving, pushing through the crowd. He, he did come to afflict and afflict, be comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. I've gotten comfortable and he has afflicted me, I'm just saying. <laughs> Today as we examine ourselves and see some things we need to do, if we conclude that we cannot, cannot say amen, we don't quit. St. Paul says, we also glory in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, we can fulfill our baptismal assignment and make a difference in the name of Jesus in daily life. I realized early on my journey, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody 
about somebody who can save anybody. And I pray that you see this as your call, whether you're a lay person, a deacon, a deaconess, a pastor, or a bishop. The call to embody the word is for us all. Beloved, what can I say? Jesus left the synagogue to go out into the world to meet people where they were in daily life, making a difference in the lives of everyday, ordinary people where they were. If the pandemic has shown us nothing else, it shows us that the church is not a building. The church is God's people on the move. And at times, even sheltered in place, but still making a difference in the name of Jesus. We, the Lutheran tribe, can draw people into a deeper, restorative relationship with Christ beyond the one million that we have set as a goal. If each of us would embody this rich word that we hear and read and live into it, if, if we would stop sitting on the premises and standing on the promises, the planet would not only be different, it would be better. Jesus acknowledged the spirit of the Lord was on him, leading and guiding and directing him to do ministry, to fulfill his assignment. Jesus graciously moved into that liminal space. Mm. That, that space where he's transformed by the Holy Spirit, causing him to break barriers of gender. Yeah, talking to women at well, changing, breaking barriers, race and economics, don't get me started. And age, he, he did what he was born to do, beloved. We must acknowledge Jesus as the center of all we do. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all people unto me. Mm. This is how we embody the word made flesh, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, somebody. Jesus tells us it's not just about reading the word, it's living into the word on purpose to serve our neighbor. Jesus tells us, go, 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 go make disciples. We do not operate out of sinful self. We operate out of the spirit. The old self was drowned in the waters of baptism. I don't know about you, but it, it sure enough was for me. We are marked with that cross of Christ and sealed with the Holy Spirit. Our call, beloved, not just when we go to the ordinations and the installations and hear it proclaimed. Our called lay people is God's call for us to live in faith and hope and peace in the world that people might see Jesus in all that they do and all that we do. And we have witnessed where the Holy Spirit guides, the Holy Spirit provides, amen? If not, you would not be here as voting members. Voting members who have been claimed and sent to this church-wide assembly for the good of the ELCA and beyond. This week, we have both rejoiced in God's love and repented of our own failure to love here on earth. We elected a wonderful new vice president. wrestled with tough decisions, 
had challenging conversations on the floor, in the hallway, in the bathroom. <laughs> we have passed life-changing resolutions and memorials, which are not worth the paper they will be printed on, or the digital platform where they will be stored, like the eight statements on anti-racism, unless we work together to make them a reality. Beloved, what matters now is how we as individuals live out our baptismal covenant. Can you imagine what would happen if 3.3 million members of the ELCA in more than 8,900 worshiping communities across the 50 states in the Caribbean would show up and be light on a daily basis? That would cause a ripple effect that would change the planet. Come on, somebody, act like you believe me. We are clean, gathered, and sent for the sake of the world. That's what we say. You don't really believe you can do this. I, I, I feel it. Turn to your neighbor and say, The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. The Spirit is there for a purpose, beloved. A quick refresh. And I'm not going to say I'm done because I'm not. <laughs> A quick refresh. In our affirmation of baptism, we are asked the question, do you intend to continue in the covenant God made with you in holy baptism? To live among God's faithful people, to hear the word of God and to share in the Lord's Supper, to proclaim the good news of God in Christ, the word indeed, to serve all people following the example of Jesus and strive for justice and peace in all the earth. And our response is, we do. And we ask God to help and guide us. The spirit of the Lord is upon each of us that we might show somebody, anybody, that God so loved the world that God sent Jesus. Jesus to live as our example, to die for our sin, so everybody can have access to forgiveness and reconciliation and eternal life with God. This is what we embody, beloved. This is the message we proclaim in every act of justice, grace, and mercy and love in Jesus' name. Now I'm done. <laughs> but I can't let you leave without a charge. I can't let you leave without a charge. Receive this charge found in the words of the poet, Mr. Langston Hughes, who says, I'd rather see a sermon than to hear one any day. I'd rather one walk with me than to just show the way. The eye is a better pupil and more willing than the ear. Advice may be misleading, but examples are always clear. The very best of teachers are the ones who live their creed. 
For to see good put into action is what everybody needs. I can soon learn to do it if you let me see it done. I can watch your hand in motion, but your tongue too fast may run. And the lectures you deliver may be very fine and true, but I'd rather get my lesson by observing what you do. For I may misunderstand you and the fine advice you give, but there is no misunderstanding how you act and how you live. Beloved, this is how we embody the word of Christ. Amen. Amen. I hope you enjoyed that sermon as much as I did. That was Bishop Patricia Davenport speaking to the 2022 ELCA Churchwide Assembly that concluded on August 12th during a worship service. She said in her sermon, our call is God's call for us to live in faith and hope and peace in the world that people might see Jesus and all that they do and all that we do. Fantastic words from a fantastic preacher and a fantastic sermon. Well, once again, thanks for joining us here on Hangout for Hope. We hope that you will come back again soon. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button and you will get the podcast whenever we upload the next one, hopefully every week. If you have any questions about Churchwide Assembly, just go to elca.org. If you have any questions about Advent Lutheran Church, go to adventelc.org. But until next time, this is Pastor Aaron Lane reminding you to take care and to give care in the name of the one from whom all blessings flow.